we're in Doctrine and Covenants section 28, and we're starting verse 11 and going through 16, the end of the section. And the thing that I wanted um, or felt struck me the most um, that I wanted to focus on is this counsel in verse 11. And this is what it says. And again, thou shalt take thy brother Hiram Page and um, this is to Oliver Cowdery, between him and thee alone, and tell him those things which he has written from the stone are not of me, and that Satan has deceived him. Okay, what I love about this is Hiram Page is very much like many of the converts of the church, and he's excited. He thinks he's receiving revelation. He has been called as a teacher in the church and so it isn't unusual that he would think that and so to have someone come and tell you you're deceived that it's of satan that is a hugely um humbling experience and there's a few things that really stood out to me and the first is to not to do it in front of others and the second is that God knows there's this relationship between Oliver and Hiram. And so this is very, very kind that the Lord sends Oliver to do it to, and to do it in love. But the third thing is, for me, is that Oliver has been deceived. He believed it. And so it's kind of like, okay, you need to now go and tell him, you were wrong. You chastised the prophet. You called him out. You counseled him. That's not your job. And this goes against revelation I have given for the church. You were wrong. So go and tell Hiram he's wrong. But how much easier is it when the person says, listen, I screwed up and I messed up. And the Lord let me know very clearly that I messed up. And so it's kind of this, such a witness in three different ways of the Lord's kindness in dealing with us and his letting us learn and grow and, and not being done with the lessons that we have to learn. There's never a point in time that God goes, that's too much. You called out the prophet, that's too much. I'm done with you. He does it in such love knowing we're human beings. I love that quote that Uchtdorf once gave in conference, all the Lord has ever had to work with is human people. How terribly frustrating for him. And I think it was in another one that it was, um, that he said, the bumper sticker, don't judge me for sinning differently than you. And that just, I really, really am so touched by those three things. But to me, probably one of the biggest is what a nice way for the Lord to say, Oliver, you're wrong. So you go and tell Hiram he's wrong. Because here's a person who's not in a place of authority going, I was right, you're wrong. Here's a person going, I was wrong too. And we can get through this together. I know I thought it was too, but apparently that's not the way the Lord works. The Lord works through the prophet. And so I really, really love that. And two examples that I thought of was Levi Savage. And if I hadn't watched 17 Miracles, I wouldn't know that story of him coming and telling them that they shouldn't go counseling. And he's absolutely 100% correct and is called out in front of the members of the church for not having faith. 
and so humbly says, you know, I'm sorry, I will go and I will suffer with you. And if I, if you die, I die with you. And that was such a touching, touching thing. I had no idea until I watched that. But also the story of Brigham Young. And it's a story and I wish I knew the details, but um, you guys can look it up. But it's one I remember specifically hearing and I did try to find it. But at one point in time, Joseph Smith does call out Brigham Young very publicly in front of the other leaders of the church and tells him, chastises him for something. And the room goes silent. There's all these people, leaders of the church there. And Brigham Young says, what would you have me do, Joseph? And the thing that I will never forget in that is that Joseph weeps at Brigham's humility. And I love that story. And probably the reason those stories come flooding back to me and I think of Pohoran in the Book of Mormon is that is something I don't feel I would do. That is something that goes against my pride and against my nature. But it's sure something I want to learn to do. And I will never forget at one point in time in seminary, something had happened and um, I felt that I had been wronged and I went to the temple and was very teary about it and the spirit said to me you talked today about Pohoran and you said to your students that is something I want to learn to do that is a personality trait I really want to develop to humbly say I marvel in the great you have chastised me nevertheless it mattereth not I marvel in the greatness of your spirit to really look for the good in other people and to forgive them their faults. And um, the spirit said, this is your chance. This is your opportunity. And man, that is not an easy thing for me. And it is something I have really had to um, rely on the Lord for. And I haven't mastered that by any stretch of the imagination but he continues to try and work with me he continues to try and help me he gives me opportunities and um, because he knows that is a sincere desire and it is a sincere desire so I just really really love that and so maybe asking your students or your kids a time when they feel they have been chastised and it can be on Social media, it can be from friends, it can be from you, it can be from family and parents. And how, what is your gut reaction? And so what would the Lord have us do? And how do we handle it in a correct manner? Um, I love that discussion because I don't feel just walking away and letting people say false things about you is the correct response. However, when it is the prophet of God and when it is God chastening us, um, the correct response is always to say, what would you have me do? And so I love this example. And I think um, we we tend to, or I tend to point out um, Oliver's, how many times he is warned against his pride. And I do that not because I think I am better, but because I think I'm very similar. And so today I want to focus on how awesome it is that he listened. And it just is amazing that we have this section here for us to learn from, and I'm so grateful. And so, again, I think the humility of Hiram Page, the humility of 
Oliver Cowdery and Hiram Page does fall away. Um, this may have been the first step. It may have been super embarrassing for him, but really it was through financial distress and as it was for Oliver Cowdery. But in the history we have that he never denied, he was one of the eight witnesses, never denied his testimony of the Book of Mormon and neither did Oliver Cowdery. And that is huge. And that counts for so much. And we really need to remember this was such a new church and they were required so much and just had never seen it. And so we need to be very understanding and forgiving of things we read because, man, what they went through. So again, like Emma, if they don't make it, I don't know how we do because holy cow, what they were required and they really gave their they're all. So in 12, I love that again, he says, um, it is not appointed for you to, um, it's not his job. It's not Hiram's job to receive revelation. It's no one's but Joseph's. And then in 13, that all things are done in order by common consent in this church. And what a gift that is by sustaining and by all of our prophets and apostles voting and they all come to a unanimous decision before they move forward. What a comfort and blessing that is in our church. It brings me the greatest comfort and peace. And I know that we can follow these men because they have waited out and come to those conclusions. I love that so much. Um, 14, and thou shalt assist to settle these things, which I mean, get it done. Get it figured out and get it right before this conference and before you go on your mission to the Lamanites. And so what I wanted to bring out in his mission to the Lamanites, some of the things I found out is um, when he goes on his mission, he meets Sidney Rigdon, who is a Campbellite minister, and he brings them into the church. And that's a huge, huge benefit to the church. It also tells us they went on foot 300 miles over prairies without shelter or fire. Um, they had traveled four months and suffered untold hardships. They had preached to two Indian nations and to thousands of white people and organized several strong branches of the church. And so again, I just want to say how impressed I am with these men. It's obvious we point out their weakness it's obvious we get the opportunity to learn from them and what a gift it is but man their strengths and we should so honor and be in awe of all they gave this early church all of them what they gave for us and how much we benefit and Hiram did denounce the receiving the revelation to the church he did denounce it and tell them he was wrong and what a humble humble thing and so I love that I love that Oliver went and talked to him I love that Hiram renounced it and um, again it ends by saying in 15 it shall be given thee from time to time where you shall go and in 16 thou must open thy mouth at all times Again, it ends with this emphasis. You are Aaron. I have called you to be Aaron. Yes, stay in your lane. Honor the calling that I've given you. Be the person that I've asked you to be. But I love, again, that it ends with the Lord emphasizing who he knows Oliver is, how much he loves Oliver, and what his calling is. And that's the way God operates he calls us, he chastens us, he begs us to repent and come back. 
And then he concentrates on who he sees us becoming, our gifts and our talents, and all that we can be when we pair with him. And that's the beauty of the gospel. It is a gospel of becoming. It is a gospel of repenting. And how many times have we been told to be to practice that daily and to become really good at it. It is not a bad thing. It is a gift and it makes us better. And that's our goal, to become all that Jesus would have us become. And what a gift that is. I so hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know how much our Savior loves you.